You're listening to Connect on blogtalkradio.com. Catch us on the web at umconnect.info. Well, welcome to this episode of Connect. I'm Michael Rich, the Web and Communications Manager for the Western North Carolina Conference. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about stewardship, and we're going to be talking about it with A.J. Thomas. A.J. served appointments in Boone and Charlotte and Greensboro, currently in an extension ministry as the founding director of the Joyful Giving Group. And we have um, A.J. on the line today. So thanks for being on the show, A.J. Yeah, thank you. Glad to be with you. Yeah, so uh, we're talking about stewardship today, and uh, tell me what it is. This is this is your opinion. It doesn't have to be completely correct, but it's your opinion today. What is stewardship? Well, you know, I think when most people hear stewardship, they think, oh, that's when the church hits, hits us up for money, uh, so mm. the church has the money that it needs. And, in fact, I think stewardship is about ordering our priorities so we can more fully participate in the abundant life Jesus promised. Very cool. So um, how would you expand that? And I know you've been out preaching and teaching in a lot of churches. Um, how would you describe that to congregations, of uh, this uh, making things a priority? Well, Jesus famously said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be too. And if you think of your heart as a place where you hold your values, your commitments, your relationships, all of us, uh, all of those help us sort out our priorities. Um, now, I think money is a big part of our priorities because nothing is more indicative of our day-to-day priorities than what we do with our money. Um, in fact, in our society, I'd say the two most valuable commodities we have are time and money. And they mm. say you can figure out your priorities by examining your calendar and your bank statement. Uh, and whatever is getting the largest share of your time and your money, well, that points directly to what you prioritize the most. Okay. And so uh, I, I figured you'd get into that. I'll never forget uh, uh, one of these, quote, stewardship sermons we got one one day, and the guy brought out his checkbook, and he brought out his calendar, and he says, um, it's more than this, but let's start here. And uh, it's, a, it's a great starting point. Um, and really, I think, you know, if you look at those two things, at your checkbook and your calendar, um, stewardship is really about taking a look at our priorities, um, it's shifting them as necessary in order to bring them to uh, more in God's more in line with God's desire for us. Uh, you know, God calls us to love God and our neighbor, and stewardship is really how we do that with the resources we have. We don't give because the church needs our money. We give in order to learn to live generous, outward-focused lives. And we recognize that God's a giver, and if we believe that we're made in God's image, and we do, then we're meant to reflect the generosity of God in our own lives, and learning to give helps us do that. Okay. Well, this has been uh, something new for you this year. I remember uh, last year when you announced that uh, you wouldn't be taking an appointment. It caused everybody a stir, but basically you (laughs) did take take an appointment. You took one to extension ministry. And so – Tell me about that. Uh, what is this uh, joyful giving group that uh, uh, you founded? What, what is it all about? And tell us what it does. Sure. Well, after serving in the local church for 11 years, um, I started my consulting ministry, and it's called Joyful Giving Group, as you just mentioned. And the purpose of that is cultivating a culture of generosity. Um, I sense a great need 
for this sort of work among our congregations and realized that moving to a position outside the local church would give me the opportunity to work broadly and deeply with a number of churches to grow in their generosity. Um, Generosity has been a theme and a blessing in my own life, and it's also been a blessing in the churches that I've served. And honestly, I think it's too good to keep it to one congregation at a time. And so now under the work of Joyful Giving Group, I'm getting to work with multiple churches uh, around the intersection of our faith and generosity. Okay. So um, how how many churches or so have you been in since uh, July? Oh, I'd have to look back at my records, but a number. Um, (laughs) I know um, since between July and December, uh, 26 Sundays, I know that I preached 18 of those. Uh, So I feel like I'm preaching just about as much as I was when I was still serving within the local church, uh, but obviously in a different place every week. Mm-hmm. And, so, uh, um, <coughs> excuse me. So how would a church um, get in touch with you so that they could participate with you in this whole uh, uh, thing on generosity? First thing would be go and check out my website, which is joyfulgivinggroup.com. And you can find my contact info there. You can find some testimonials there of some churches that I've worked with, um, a description of some of the ways that uh, we work together. Um, before you get to the website, you can, you'll can you find out that most of my work with congregations falls into one of two categories, uh, either one-time work or ongoing work. Uh, one-time engagements might be where I'm invited to come in and preach or lead a workshop or do some troubleshooting or some financial analysis with the church. Um, And then in ongoing engagements, churches have access to me as sort of like an adjunct pastor of generosity. And we work together over several months uh, around a variety of issues uh, related to church finances and giving. Okay. So um, give us a good story um, uh, of working in a church and making a difference that you've done in the last six months. A good story of working in a church and making a difference. Um, Uh, That's a great question. Um, Had the opportunity to work with one church um, around um, their consecration Sunday weekend. And Mm -hmm. um, this is a a congregation in which um, they have not done a whole lot of intentional work uh, around stewardship in the past. They've always had a a decent giving base, but uh, like most churches could always give a little more. Um, You know, that could always be strengthened a little bit. And um, so I did some, some work with them, uh, their leadership team, on Saturday night and then preached in their worship service Sunday morning. Um, they had their annual uh, stewardship pledge campaign um, concluding that Sunday morning. And as people turned in their pledges, uh, they were able to um, see a marked increase both in the number of people who were pledging, uh, but also in the total amount that was pledged. And for me, that's just really satisfying. That um, That's an indicator uh, that people are making an intentional step to grow into their generosity. Um, and that's that's just really, really great to see that happen. Yeah. When I, when I was working down in the Mississippi Conference, and this was several years back, but uh, uh, I had a church come to me and say, you know, we need to do something uh, in terms of stewardship. And, um, you know, basically they'd realized they had never done anything, really. Um, they had a church budget and they took gifts every year, but they were never intentional about pledges and the like. And yeah. so we, we did a consecration Sunday and it was the very first time they did it. 
and you know, the old consecration Sunday method where you don't set a budget till uh, you know what the pledges are, et right, cetera. Right. And it was amazing. Um, just that little bit of intentionality and, you know, taking about six weeks to really plan ahead. Now that church uh, did some amazing things. And I, I think that the pledges came in 40% above what the last year's budget was. They had never seen that kind of money before. And it had nothing to do with me preaching. It had nothing to do with, you know, me being there. It was just me facilitating them discussing the need to be generous. And Absolutely. Uh, and and I think people weeks. want, I think people want guidance and they want teaching um, around, you know, how how they can best honor God with the resources they have. Um, again, money is a, it's a day to day issue for folks, um, and and they really are craving some good guidance and some good teaching and as to the ways that they can um, best use the resources they have to honor God. Okay. Well, we're going to take a break right now, and we'll come back after the break and, and delve into this further. But let's hear a word from our sponsors. Hi, I'm Jane Boatwright-Wood, conference lay leader. And with 30 exceptional folks representing 1,100 local churches and almost 300,000 lay members, I serve on the Board of Laity, where we encourage and equip laity in their understanding and appreciation of their role in the church. The laity are Christ's church in the community and the world. The laity are the primary way new folks get to know Christ in the United Methodist Church. And that's how we fulfill the mission, to make disciples of Jesus Christ and transform the world. The United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina is a ministry of the church for the church, whose mission is to build a church for generations to come. We fulfill this vision by investing in people, as well as helping churches and related institutions Invest the financial resources that God has given to them. My name is David Snipes, and we look forward to the day when you give your United Methodist Foundation a call. And you can find out more about the United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina by calling our, our go to, going to our show's website, which is umconnect.info. And so we're back uh, from the break with A.J. Thomas. He's on the line, and we're talking about stewardship today. Um, had a really good first half. Um, what are some of the biggest challenges that a that a church will face in, in terms of stewardship and giving, in, in your opinion? I think the biggest one is mindset, um, and, and by that I mean uh, a scarcity mindset. Mm. That uh, most church conversations around money focus on scarcity. Um, they focus on what we lack. They focus on what we don't have. And that is, um, that's just the wrong place to focus when we're talking about our resources. Um, part of the work I do is helping churches shift that mindset from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset. Um, and by that, I mean um, we don't focus on what we lack, but we focus on what we have and on how we can make the best and the most with the resources we have at our disposal. Um, it's a, it's a very different uh, way of looking at it, but rather, you know, every every church could look at it and say, well, if we just had more people or more money or more building or more parking or more whatever else, we could do this. Uh, I think it's a much healthier and a much more faithful conversation to say, well, here are the things we do have. Um, how can we best utilize and maximize these things um, 
for our mission here in the community. Um, that's going to look different in different places because every community has different gifts and has different strengths. Uh, but I think God calls us to use what we have, uh, not to bemoan the things that we don't have. So, so I think that scarcity mindset is really one of the biggest challenges for churches. Yeah, I have no doubt. And yeah, I've, I've served churches that had that mindset and it's really hard to, uh, to turn the corner sometimes, but once they realize that, uh, gosh, we do have so much. And you know, I've been in churches that complain they didn't have anything, but I looked out in the parking lot and people were driving, you know, the most expensive cars in the county. And uh, I'm saying, you know, what what is wrong with this picture? And, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Well, I think about, you know, the, the one of the stories that informs that for me is Jesus multiplying loaves and fishes. Um, where, you know, it doesn't, I mean, five, five loaves and what is it? Five, yeah, five loaves and two fish. And uh, it doesn't look like much to begin with. Um, and yet when it's put into the hands of Jesus, uh, Jesus multiplies it and it becomes more than enough, uh, to meet the need of the people there. Uh, not only more than enough, but there's an abundance. There's 12 baskets of leftovers. Mm. And so moving from that scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset, um, it's a spiritual issue. It's about learning to put what we have into the hands of Jesus uh, and trust that Jesus will multiply it and provide for the need, and that many times there will be leftovers. Yeah, yeah a good story. The church that I served part-time, um, at the end of the year, we we had uh, a good bit of money uh, left over, and they were just you know flabbergasted because they're not used to that. And so... Yeah. Uh, rather than putting it in a bank account or a CD or something, they said, well, we're going to pledge, you know, this amount to uh, uh, children in need in our community. And I said, wow, that's, I think that's what this is about is realizing that, you know, when you have leftovers, you don't just store them away, but you use them for God's goodness in the world. And yeah. it makes, uh, it, it just made an impression on this church and, you know, from all, Intents and purposes, you look at them, it's a small congregation, a small building, uh, older congregation, but boy, they are generous. And and then they learned if we give uh, over and beyond what is expected of us, you know, more things can happen. Well, generosity leads to generosity. Blessing leads to blessing. Um, And it's, you know, it's it's a wonderful cycle when we can get into it. And um, Again, it's a faith issue, and when we put those things into the hands of Jesus, um, Jesus just just far more with those things than we could do with them on our own. Well, without uh, giving away all your uh, services for free, you know, <laughs> what, what are a couple of things that a church could start doing this Sunday, or you know, within the next month? What are a couple of things that they could do to uh, do better at this whole stewardship and giving uh, business in the church? I think the first thing that a local church needs to do is to shift the focus of stewardship. Uh, and by that, I mean uh, to stop making stewardship about the church's need for money. Mm. Uh, we do not give because the church needs money. We give because as disciples who are created in the image of a generous God, we have a spiritual need to give and to learn how to be generous. And so, um, Stop focusing on the church needs money to pay the bills. Um, That is not why we give. We give in order to learn how to be generous. So talk about the joy of giving, the blessing of giving, 
Uh, the Ways of Giving is a spiritual discipline that helps us grow in our love of God and neighbor. Um, and trust that if the people in your congregation learn to become more generous, well, then the side benefit is your church is also going to have more than enough money to do the things that it needs to do. Hmm. I like that. <laughs> so uh, we'll just have to, uh, you know, put that out. There is a free teaser for everyone, but uh, if you want more information, you get in touch with AJ at uh, uh, joyfulgivinggroup.com. So uh, we're down toward the end of uh, this segment. What do you want the audience to know? Something you haven't already said, but you get your one-minute chance to be a, uh, a preacher this morning. There's an aspect of giving that I call Jesus math, um, and that's Jesus math is different than regular math, um, and it doesn't add up on a calculator, and you can't do it in QuickBooks, and more than likely your CPA is not going to understand Jesus math. Um, but there's an aspect of it that Jesus does more with our resources than we can do with them on our own. And so it's a matter of putting what we have into the hands of Jesus, trusting that Jesus is going to do more with them than we could do. Um, another aspect of Jesus math that I think about is that the tighter we hold on to what we have, the more it seems to slip through our fingers, mm. but the more generously we give what we have, the more our own needs get taken care of and then some. It's that multiplying the loaves and fishes principle again. And as I look back on things, uh, you know, on what I have given uh, versus what I've kept for myself in terms of my financial resources, all the things that I kept for myself are pretty much gone at this point. Um, that's money that has gone to things that I don't have anymore. It's gone to clothes that have worn out that's gone to gadgets and gizmos that have broken and become obsolete and been replaced. It's gone to all kinds of stuff. It's gone to hundreds of golf balls I have shanked into the woods. Hmm. Uh, but when I look at the part of my income that I've given, what I see is that that continues to live on because it lives on in the lives of people, lives on in the lives of youth and children and adults um, whose lives have been transformed through the ministry of the church. And so the part that I've kept for myself, all of that is gone. But the part that I've given, that's the part that's still living on. Now that'll preach. I hope it will. (laughs) AJ, I thank you for being on the show today. This has been a great segment. And uh, we're going to be back next week talking to United Methodist and learning more about their stories. So thanks for listening today. Thanks to our sponsors, the Western North Carolina Conference and the United Methodist Foundation of Western North Carolina. Find out more about them at our show's website, umconnect.info. You've been listening to Connect.